What's good, everybody? It's your boy, Hans. And this is Tristan. Welcome back to the Hans and Tristan podcast. Tristan, it's been so long. How have you been, ma'am? I have been tired. (laughs) (laughs) I'm tired, boss. I'm tired. We are here working in fields. (laughs) Amen. No, I definitely feel you on that. Feel you on that. Definitely want to thank our listeners for being patient with us. Um, it's been hectic for me specifically. I'll take the bread on that, but I know Tristan's always got stuff to do and making moves happen. But thank you for um, being patient with us as we get our lives together. But we are back with another great episode of the Hans and Tristan podcast for you today. Um, first and foremost, reactions to the Derek Chauvin sentencing. So a couple of days ago, he was sentenced to 22 years for the murder of George Floyd. Um, now, for those who don't know, when you're sentenced, it doesn't always mean that you serve the full extent of your sentence. And it doesn't always mean that... Um, you may like there are things that may happen along the way you may be eligible for parole right um also i think he was given time served i think it was 199 days that he spent or whatever um was attributed to his sentence as well so some are happy some are seeing okay a sentence a strong sentence he didn't get just um like the other lady who shot yeah like the other dude um the lady cop who shot dude when he was just in his in his home because she went to the wrong one. Right. She didn't even get that much, you know, like, and that was to me way more egregious. Um, so some people are saying it's strong. Some people are upset about it and saying that's not enough. He's going to be out in 15. What are your thoughts? What do you think, Tristan, initially? So I, I'm going to answer your question with a question, even though that is not accurate conversation etiquette i i know this is not accurate conversation etiquette but i'm gonna do it anyway given the history of everything we've seen with black people being killed by the hands of white officers and to me this is the biggest sentence we've seen thus far in my opinion i might be ignorant to the facts but that's how i perceive it do you perceive his sentencing is due to the fact that this is connected to some influential people. Hmm. You make a good point. I think so. As much as, um, I don't know if you watched it or not, um, the judge who was giving his remarks before the sentencing and going down the list of things, of reasonings why he sentenced the way he did. And he was saying it's based on legal history, not the sense of, um, the magnitude of this case, not et cetera, et cetera, blah, blah, blah. But at the end of the day, as therapists, we kind of know certain things are connected, right? There's implicit bias that are just um, in there, whether you want to admit it or not, or acknowledge it or not. So I do think that that, to answer your question, yes, I think his sentencing did have some relation in that, but I can't help but feel like, even though that may be the case, this is still something that I would put in the category of a win 
or a positive mark, not necessarily a win, if that makes sense, because it's still progress nonetheless, right? As history right. has shown us, typically these types of um, legal proceedings don't even make it to this point. At all, because usually they sell out of court. The, um, the officers are typically just, you know, forced to resign and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. This is like him actually being prosecuted shows that, you know, and, and it's so funny we label it as a win when the reality is it's just the justice system working as it should. Right. Like that, that's, how much, that's how much of a deficit we were at right. up until this point. And then the reality is, again, I feel like every case like Breonna Taylor, like it's so many other cases we can name that doesn't get the same amount of attention, same amount of, you know, respect, the same amount of justice. And mm-hmm. it's bad, but like you said, we, we're gonna take this one. I don't know. I have, I definitely have mixed feelings, and I think a lot of other people have mixed feelings as well. No, no, I, I agree. I liken it to um, some type of machine or appliance in your house that has never worked properly, and one day it works properly. You're like, oh, okay, but it's like you mostly haven't been working. So right. you know, like you, you right, get, it gives you, you a little glimpse like, of hope. Right, right. You, and then you it's, still it's like, like you said. suspicious, like, why the fuck you working now? <laughs> right. <laughs> That's it, right. When all along it's actually supposed to be working like it should. Exactly. So no, I definitely do agree with you. And um what I will say is I think that this case should be viewed as a stepping stone. Because that's this proper context. I don't think it should be viewed as the norm, right? Or um, I don't think it should be viewed as the end-all, be-all tool. Like, this is confirmation that it is working, that it will continue to work. No, I think this is just a small stepping stone to change that is long overdue. Like you said, there's the Breonna Taylors, there's the Tamir Rice. There's so many other instances of Black people being gunned down and murdered and not still and not being prosecuted. Um, the one that happened in Brunswick, Georgia, they're still in the in the middle of that um, case as well. Um, Ahmaud Aubrey. So you know, there's there's still a lot of progress that needs to be done. But this is a small stepping stone that we have seen lead to legislative change across the country. I was just reading in Portland um, that the mayor. I think it's the mayor of Portland was basically saying that he's no longer allowing cops to do um, like misdemeanor stops because he's seeing that statistics show in Portland, Oregon, black people are disproportionately stopped for that. So he's saying until we get this together, don't don't stop. You get what I'm saying? That part is not just Oregon. It's everywhere. But thank you for actually recognizing (laughs) that we we aren't tripping. Thank you. We appreciate it. <laughs> right. Exactly. Thank you for acknowledging our daily life. Right. right. You know, a a day in the you. life of a Black person. You know, Watch we appreciate out. that. So, you know, um, I just felt like it's a stepping stone. I can't call it a win, which is horrible. Like, I just, I can't call this a win when we still have so much going on. As a matter of fact, Tristan, just yesterday or the day before, the George Floyd statue was defaced and vandalized. Are we surprised? And it's, it's sad like, when you hear things and you're like, I'm not surprised. It's like, we can't have shit. <laughs> <laughs> we can't have shit. And, it, and the reality oh. is, we when we have these, these, you know, statues or, you know, 
Black Lives Matter, anything that represents our progression or our uniting to actually want equality and want to not be killed, the oppressors are always going to jump on that shit. And it's in hopes of destroying whatever it is we were building. But what they fail to realize is that's just external material. Mm-hmm. What we got is in us. This shit is in us. You can't destroy what's in us. You, you can kill as many people as you want, but you can't destroy what's in us. You need us more than we fucking need you at the end of the day. Because your culture would be trash. This country would be trash without us. Facts. So you only That's kill a, a small amount of us to attempt to keep us in line, the same shit they used to do in slavery. Attempt to keep us in line, but the reality is you're not gonna kill all of us because you fucking need us. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> it's still a uh, it's still a horrible time for um, black people in general. And when I mean horrible, it's it's we're nowhere near equal or where we need to be. Systems are still in place that are too, um, that are there for our detriment. And at the end of the day, we have to start to make changes in changing those systems because that's the only way we can get somewhat of a footing. I'm not even trying to say equal footing, but somewhat of a footing um, is to attack those systems that are prevalent and pervasive within our lives, aka the justice system, which right. literally is there to dismantle and is actually, whether you want to admit it or not, some form of population control for us. That's that's how they do it, you know? So um, another thing, which I know we didn't talk about before, but another example of a war kind of going on right now is the war between critical race theory, whether it should be taught in schools or not, and how, you know, certain conservatives and people who call themselves... Um, Republicans or whatever are just up in arms about this and that they're thinking it's going to rehash tensions. There's always been tensions. Right. You it's, just it's, don't want the It's not tensions on y'all end, though. It's not tensions <laughs> on y'all end. Y'all motherfucking just want to go walking down and skipping through the lilies and shit. But it's okay when we're up in arms and we're distressed. But I'm going to tell you something. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's my thing. I don't give a fuck what they teach in school because I always say the child only educated at school is an uneducated child. My child is not going to just learn from her teachers at school. You learn from the world and you got to expose your children to things out in the world. It's a whole African-American art museum that is free 99 in Washington, D.C. Right. Gone. Soon as they open it, me, I took my daughter right up there and we went all through it. It's all four levels. It's a big ass place. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, whether they teach that shit in school or not, my child's still going to be taught that shit. So no, I get the not. importance of not watering down history. I totally get that. But then at the end of the day, it's like, how you going? If them the motherfuckers who write in the books, they're going to write what the hell they want to write. Right. And then but, we still got these amazing that, black teachers who are going to teach this shit anyway. So. Right. But even that, though, my thing is, like, it shows, like, that there's still a lot of progress. Like, who is... Who's objecting to the truth? If you're objecting to the truth, it means you have something to hide. Yeah. And that's just the, that's the, the crux of it. Because at the end of the day, history is supposed to be the retelling of the truth, right? Actual factual events. Um, it's not supposed to be sensationalized or what have you. So if critical race theory is, is addressing the truth, right, in regards to race relations and how, you know, America has a history of subjugating and oppressing people of color, why not share that truth, you know? But 
that's neither here nor there. All I'm saying is at the end of the day, this is a stepping stone, just like we have other stepping stones in other areas of our society, which to me is a demarcation of a lot of work that needs to be done. But yet I'll take it. We were able to place it there and hopefully we'll use it as a uh, springboard to more progress, more changes, you know, we'll see how it goes. That's it. That's all we can do is keep doing what we do regardless of what anyone else chooses to do. Right. So moving on to our next topic, T-Pain has uh, gone viral not for his music, unfortunately, but for other reasons <laughs> this past it's, it's week. It's music-related. It is music-related. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. But he didn't go viral because he dropped a new single or anything like that. Um, and mental health-related, too, So, which is why it's on this show. So there's this new Netflix series out called Pop. And what it does is it goes through different genres of music, and it basically catalogs different instances that were very significant in that genre. Um, So on T-Pain, he was on the episode and it was talking about autotune and its influence on hip hop culture and the music. So the clip that went viral was of T-Pain sharing a story how he was on the way to the BT Awards in 2013 and he was um, awoken out of his slumber which would have pissed me off but anyway it was awoken out of his slumber because you know when you fall finally fall asleep on the plane that's a good because nah, it's nigga, hard I, mean, I be falling asleep soon they soon as i sit down look i got a whole playlist oh, and everything <laughs> i'll be out because i'm it's like i'm gonna die but die sleep on the plane Mm-mm. okay okay um so anyway Stu. um the flight attendant wakes him up saying, hey, Usher wants to speak to you real quick. So he goes up to Usher and um, he was saying the disposition on Usher's face was like, this was something serious. So Usher basically tells him, hey, dude, um, you know, you effed up music, right? Like you effed up music with this auditone. And T-Pain was taken aback by this. And he said that he remembers this interaction because it was for him that starting point was what launched a battle with depression. And it just was an interaction that has stuck with him and continued to stuck with him till this point. So there's so many places that we can go with this. I I already know, but let's start with initial reactions, initial thoughts and reactions to this clip. How fucking dare Usher? (laughs) Go up to another grown ass man. And tell him, and, and and here's my thing. If you genuinely love something, like if you love music, right? And someone single-handedly mm-hmm. blames you for fucking up what you love, that is a very heavy cross to bear. Very heavy cross to bear. And that's such, such a general fucked up statement to make to anyone, especially when it's over millions of people. No. Scratch that. Billions of people who have participated <laughs> in the music industry. Okay? So how dare you go up to this man and say he fucked up goddamn music. Why? Because of autotone? No. No. Because as we said off air, the first time we heard it was what? Computer love. There you go. Every <laughs> black person in history, the first time you've ever heard autotune was fucking computer love. And that shit came out way before Team Payne was fucking popping. Okay? And at the end of the day, I told you it was another interview I heard T Pain say because I did this after um, Jay Z made that song about auto tune or whatever. 
And yeah, no like, auto tune. Yeah, it's like, how are you going to tell another grown ass man how to take care of his fucking family? And I fucking respect T Pay for that because at the end of the day, guess what? If I can auto tune the fuck out of my voice and make millions of dollars of a one hit wonder, guess what Tristan's going to motherfucking do? And I dare that nigga <laughs> to motherfucking tell me I can't do it all because they don't fucking like it. It's so many genres of music that it's like, how dare you really put this on one person? Music is art. It's like fucking painting. Like, it's art. It's a way to express yourself. So how dare you? Clearly, T-Pain ain't that shitty if we are sitting here talking about him and everyone knows his goddamn name. Facts. So how dare you? Especially with these trash-ass rappers out here nowadays. Like, Usher, sit your dumb ass down somewhere. And you know me and Usher share the same birthday. And I hate to talk about Libra brotherins in such manner. But he was <laughs> out of fucking pocket. And I am sad that T-Pain ain't slapped the shit out of him on that motherfucking plane. Right. No, so I... um, My initial reaction was... I was hurt. And the reason I was initially hurt was because T-Pain has became a little more vulnerable um, this past year by sharing his experiences in hip hop. And he doesn't get the flowers he deserves. This dude is literally underappreciated in value. He gave us hits upon hits. Yes. He literally is, remember that span of years when Nate Dogg was on everything and was making every song pop? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? That was T-Pain for like, a minute. Yeah. That was T-Pain. Like, he gave us hits upon hits. And I don't think that he's valued as much. And then to see this added on top of it just really kind of hurt me. I was just like, man, like, this dude can't catch a break. Now, I will say, during his heyday, I did hear a lot of this um, kind of barbershop argument, right? Like, well, people who use autotune, can they really sing traditionally, right? Um, and I did hear that uh, comment that T-Pain made towards Jay-Z, because Jay-Z came out with that song off of Blueprint 3, Death of Auto 2, right? And if you hear that song, he was like, yeah, um, you know, everybody's doing auto-tune. And um, if you even remember that song I put on for the city with uh, Jeezy and everybody, um, he came on that song. He's like, I put on. He's like, oh, no T-Pain. Don't put T-Pain on my voice. Like, So he was throwing shots, too. But I think people are forgetting, like, he did it well. So like everybody else who came up after him was copycatting, right? Yeah. And yeah. those are the ones that I think people take exception to because they weren't doing it to the skillful art that T-Pain was doing it. So yes, granted, he wasn't singing traditionally on the track, but miss me, auto-tune is just one segment of anybody who knows anything about producing or programming a switchboard. Auto-tune is just one segment how you can manipulate a voice. There's so many other things that you can do as well outside of auto-tune that you can manipulate a voice. So to say that he ruined music is a tall order. Just like I can say it's a tall order to say that these like future ruined rap because he spawned the mumble rappers. Like mumble rapping came out of future. Like future started that and it's a wave. Just like the Migos. Like they started a wave too. So like, I can't sit here and say like they ruined it. I can say it's not my brand or taste. And that's to me, it accents, it like it accents what you're saying. It's art. So you can look at the Mona Lisa and think it's pretty. And I can look at it and be like, eh, you get what I mean? So it's really subjective. So I'm with you on that. But here's the second thing though. The second thing that hit me big was, yo, we really need to watch what we say to people. 
we really need to watch what we say to words people. Have words power. cut deep. And my thing is, <laughs> Usher, <laughs> you ain't you ain't keep sweat. Okay, you ain't you ain't oh, up there Lord. and put years in a bank. Granted, don't do that. Don't no, do that. No, no, no. Because I don't like. I don't, don't like. Do I that. don't like nasty, evil, mean people. <laughs> I don't like that shit. I don't fucking like it. Okay, it boils my goddamn blood at the end of the day. Because you would never say this to your fellow counterparts who actually can't sing, who actually can't rap. You would never come out there. Let me. Say, I. You know what I mean? Hits he got with Lil John. Usher right. got man, go to Lil John and say, nigga, you can't rap. Cause Lil John, he's just a motherfucking turn. He's the king of crump. Yeah. But what does he do for real? No, that's facts though. That's but facts. Usher would never say something like that to Lil John. That's what I'm saying. It's just like, ill, because it's not benefiting you, then you see no purpose in it. Right. And I think that is um, if we want to dissect it right and, and analyze it. Some could say or some could argue it is that um, that insecurity, that fear that you will no longer be relevant, because if everybody's doing autotune, right, if that's what the wave is now and you're still a traditional singer, then you're no longer going to be valued and you thinking food's coming off your table. Like, yo, every wave, it just has its ebbs. It's not going to be but, here forever. You it's, see, autotune. It's, it's art. It's supposed to evolve. It's supposed to change. It's not going to stay consistent. But guess what, fucking Usher Raymond? If you putting out hits, they're going to play forever. So why are you worried about what another man doing? Keep your eyes on your own shit. That, it, yeah. that, like, that really <laughs> makes me mad. Because at the end of the day, like you said, it's like that resulted in someone really putting such a weight on them. And you never know what people are dealing with. And for you to even come out to my first of all, like you say, don't fucking wake me up. Don't fucking wake, <laughs> don't fucking wake me up. Well, it's because you're not coming to say, nigga, you could text me, you could tweet. You could text you, me, call me, oh, wait till the flight lands. We on the same plane. Wait till we get off the, like, wait till I wake up. And then we, then you say what you need to say. But at the end of the day, don't you ever summon me just to tell me some fuck shit. And I'll wipe my ass with your opinion. How about that shit? <laughs> and God knows no. not to put me in situations like this. Because that plane would have been motherfucking emergency landing, please. Because <laughs> I would have had that motherfucker rocking. Don't ever come out your mouth and say shit to me because we both sitting in first class. We both, So how dare you feel like it's your position or you have some authority or power over me to even begin to make a statement like that to me? Yeah, man. That was that was hard. Like I don't think I could have handled that like he did. Like I would have had something to say right then and there. It, it, I would have gotten way. No one. I would have went over there with an attitude, like you said, because he woke me up. So it better be I life or win. death. Nigga wants to me bring his ass over here. It better be life or death, or or some money better be involved. Like we, oh, you got this plan where we, you know, what I'm saying we get into the money. Like it just hits you, like oh, like this is gonna happen. Like if it's not about that, sir, this could have waited till we landed. And, again, we and here's my thing is how true are you to the art if you're so worried about another person and you're willing to remove a certain technique just because you don't agree with it because clearly people like this technique because it's still getting played on the radio the motherfucker's still making money so you're willing to have this whole demographic of people who enjoy this technique you're willing to mm -hmm. take it away from them just because you don't fucking like it nigga the world doesn't roll around your black narrow ass Right. And then also it's like, 
where's the where's the pride and security and confidence in their own work so i just i liken it to rap right so like i feel like we've been through so many trends of rap you get what i'm saying but true lyricism still survives like the true essence of it that will survive so those who aren't doing it like those who are not musically inclined they don't last you know how many artists came out with um auto-tune and everything like that that didn't make it and t-pain is still here that's because he actually has some true musical ability he has an ear for it he can mix and produce and put things together he can make Clearly. actual hits so that's why he's going to survive those writers those imitators they're the ones that's going to fall off the wayside Right. And that's and what it thing. is. Like, and why are they really acting like he was the one who he I think he revived it, but he wasn't one. This was way before him. No, he took it to another level, but that was by virtue of his skill. That's it wasn't friend. something like he stumbled into. Right. Pain has some vocal abilities because you could put anybody on auto but not anybody could be T pain. There you go. And that's so, just what it is. At the end of the day, as Birdman said, put some respect on his name. Because <laughs> I don't like that yeah, shit. Man. I don't like no fucking bullies. And that shit is like, Lord knows that put me in certain situations. That's all I'm going to say. But I don't like no motherfucking bullies. At the end of the day, that shit really irks my fucking nerve. And how dare you make such a grand statement like that to one individual and put that shit on his fucking back. Are you know how much trash songs you put out? <laughs> and you got the audacity the fucking yeah. audacity and it's a and it's just hard you're a grown adult right and i've always kind of used this kind of saying to this mantra to get to guide me towards my conversations like if it's not helpful then why am i saying it so it's like what were you doing there like what was the helpful piece in that usher it wasn't and i know it's a lot right and i know it's a lot and i'm not here bashing usher i um, am but I know you are, but I think there's a lesson in this because I think we do this all the time and not we, I'm saying, I feel like this happens all the time. Like we say stuff and we're not understanding the magnitude and how people are saying. So was this helpful? No, like he this criticism exactly that you he have, he, he, his like intentions where's it at? were to be nasty, mean, and malicious. That was his intentions. And the thing is, and, and as a fucking woman, you know, we deal with catty shit a lot. So what happened was this. He probably sitting around with some of his fucking niggas in the music industry or whatever, and they all sitting around talking shit about T-Pain, right? And they probably talked about shit about him for an extended amount of time, and then Usher finally saw him and was like, oh, watch this. And then he goes up and tell, and then when he made that comment, he probably got on his little group chat with his little funky-ass friends that he been talking about T-Pain, I was like, yeah, I saw him on the airplane, and I told him he fucked up music. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. That's exactly that what happened. That sounds real catty. <laughs> let me tell you something that's exactly what happened because my thing is who put the battery in your back usher like you really on this plane stewing because another man in the music industry with you is on the same plane or or is that the problem that you're mad that he had the audacity to be in first class with you what is it usher? oh there's there's a lot in there i think there's a lot in there but what i will say i do know that t-pain <clears throat> was getting a lot of flack during that time I, for one, was upset with the imitators. I'm just like, look, he started a wave cool, but like, if you're going to jump on it, make sure you have his skill in art or at least something com comparable to that. Because like anybody could jump on Autotune, but not everybody is T-Pain. So know. understand that there is a lot more to that. Um, just be wise with your words. Like if you are not going to be helpful, keep just it to yourself, yo. 
Yeah, let, What's the let old this saying? man get his money. If you ain't money. got nothing nice to say, then don't say nothing at all. Hey, that's exactly it. That's exactly it. And you never know what somebody's dealing with. So this man was clearly dealing with a point where he was trying to struggle and find his way in life. And he took that and it, it, it didn't land right. He was struggling already and this did not land right. Now, I'm not blaming Usher for his depression. But what I'm saying is that comment right there was not helpful. It was not protecting his space. It was not helping him. It was not being a friend. And this man called you a friend. And listen, man, T-Pain, I appreciate you being vulnerable. Because I don't yeah. know if you saw another interview. Yeah. Um, he was doing how he said early in his career. So in the music industry, when you do a feature, right, you can either pay somebody for that feature or you could pay them in return by doing a feature for them. Right. right? So T-Pain was like, when he first started out, people would ask him for a feature and he'd make them hits. Like, let's be real. When he was in his heyday, T-Pain jump on your joint. It was a hit. Period. He, he, it's he automatically it getting played on the radio. Exactly. Yeah, he mixed it differently and it was cool. So you're saying, yeah. going in the club, like, all that shit, yep. Right. So he'd look out for a lot of people and, you know, jump on their hits or whatever. And they try to pay him. He'd be like, no, just get me back when I need you. You feel me? So he's like, yeah. So when that time came back around, people was trying to charge him. He's like, that's when I realized, you know what, yo. I can't st- I can't be nice to everybody because they're and, not going to return it. I'm going to start charging. So, right. And that's what makes me so sad. Is like when you're a genuinely nice person and you really have right. to perform you. because your, your environment is not conducive to people being nice. Thank you. And it's like, that's Thank not okay. T-Pain, listen, holla at your girl. I slap shit out of everybody. It won't give a fuck about it. You're be part of his security, dog? <laughs> listen, I'll be security detail. I slap the fuck out of everybody and I care too. Because at the end of the day, and, and you know what's funny? When I was in school, all the fights I got in weren't things I started. It was me taking up for other people. Because I don't, mm-hmm. that really bothered me. It's like, why would you feel like you have the power and authority to sit here and railroad someone because it makes you feel better? Like, what is, this, what is it that you're lacking that shitting on other people makes you feel better about yourself? Right. All right, man. That's why I was like, man, this dude's nice and people out here taking advantage. Like, that's messed up. T-Pain, oh, God gave me these big-ass hands for a reason. I slapped oh, the shit Lord. out of somebody. And I'm like, God oh, don't put Lord. me in certain situations because he know, just like this woman in Goodwill almost got it, okay? But Not I had to go one. off and pray. Because she tried to cue me cutting the line. I ain't cut the line. And I was in here just trying to give me a cute little T-set. And she goes in here like, you cut the line. Bitch, no, I didn't. You better mind your motherfucking business. But I, but I digress because I'm a lady. Mm. It's that old Nat dude. Well, that's a problem. Uh, <laughs> you right. It was old <laughs> See, I told you it's that old Nat dude. Well, listen. Oh. <laughs> they never on the west side. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna do better, but I was I was so proud of myself because I wanted to run up on her. I was just like, lady, I got better things to do, but you bet you better not say shit else about me up in this motherfucking line. Yeah. Oh man! At the end of the day, more of the story, man. Use the words wisely, like you said. If you ain't got nothing nice to say, please don't say it. Because at this day and age, especially we're all coming out of pandemic, some of us ain't wrapped too tight. Our mental health, some of us, is not at the greatest it should be. So please be mindful. Spread love. Spread joy. Spread kindness. Not mean bitterness or hatred or envy. Those aren't things that that help anybody. Um, As always, guys, we appreciate you for joining us. You can listen to the Hans and Tristan podcast wherever podcasts are downloaded and streamed. We're on every platform. 
Also, hit us up on our IG. We're on IG as the Hans and Tristan podcast. And we're on YouTube as well. So we have some of our lovely episodes up on YouTube for your viewing pleasure. Our YouTube channel is the Hans and Tristan podcast. So please subscribe to it. Watch our podcast there. We appreciate it, guys. Thank you so much for joining us. We're back. We're here in full effect. Thank you. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.